everyone. My name is Ravi Kumar, President at Infosys. Welcome to the next new chapter of Trailblazers. Uh, we are making a very interesting switch to our format. We got the beautiful Hudson River on the backdrop of uh, Jersey City. A beautiful day in New York. So I have a very distinguished guest with me, um, the global CIO of Ernst & Young, Steve George. Steve has been in Ernst & Young since uh, August of last year. Uh, as Ernst Young made an announcement last year that they're going to spend a billion dollars more on technology in addition to everything they do on technology for new service offerings for their employees as well as for their clients and leverage disruptive technologies for the future of uh, large enterprises. Uh, Steve has actually been uh, in uh, the Citigroup as the global CIO for their retail mortgage division, retail mortgage and commercial division. And uh, before that, he was in Accenture, and prior to that, he was the CTO and CIO of uh, uh, Chase Huffington um, uh, uh, Bank. Thank you so much, Steve, for, for being here, um, and uh, thanks for talking to us. Um, let me tee up the first uh, question to you, uh, and this comes to me every time I see the EY mission, uh, the EY mission of making the world a better place, a better world. Um, in, in many ways, it is so apt because technology is playing such an important role in making the world better and uh, bettering lives, if I may. Tell us a little bit about how EY is going to get through to this mission with large enterprises where you are doing otherwise advisory and uh, uh, consulting services and uh, in many ways even auditing customers. Yeah, I think that's exactly why we can, we're best situated to do something like that. I think it's that multi-discipline approach that we bring to the table. So in some cases, we may be auditing. In some cases, we may be advising partners across the industry. And so we've got that view from both sides. And I think that that ability to come in and, and show our customers that it's not just about the technology, it's about the, how the technology enables the people, enables that human capital to really drive. I think that's what allows us to be best situated. A lot of our competitors are, are heavily slanted towards tech or maybe heavily slanted towards process. I think you see that we're heavily slanted towards people and how we engage with people first and then leverage the technology to really drive that change. And you know, one of the things which fascinates me about uh, making the world a better place is also about what you say in EY, which is about better questions for a better world. Uh, and I actually know that you're, a, you're from a liberal arts background, which is uh, fascinating again, because the future is all about uh, problem finding than problem solving. Uh, what better than asking better questions? Tell us a little bit about uh, what that means for the future of tech. Yeah, I think it's another you know concept of kind of coming at it at multiple angles. You know, you've got the engineers out there who you know probably historically have been the people divining the technology. Right? They they know how to build the kit. We leverage the kit and take it to market. But the business people have ideas, and I think what we've seen in the industry now over the last ten years is, is less about building and more about integrating. But I think as you look forward. It really becomes about understanding where the data is, what the business rules are, and how you leverage that you know, back to a new AI or machine learning. And so I think I'm, I may be kind of uniquely positioned you know, compared to some of my, my peers that have come historically only out of, of engineering where I did learn the business side first. And I'd argue that as I came into to consulting many years ago, I learned technology, spent my, my career in it, but then got really good at the finance side of technology. And I think now I may have even evolved a step away from that where I'm now on the business side. I understand the finance, but I understand how to leverage the technology. 
And I think that's what we're trying to drive our teams to do. So does, in, in many ways, the liberal arts background uh, also help you in applying technology better to businesses? And is that, yeah. a, is that a talent pool which you're looking for in the future? Yeah, and no, I, I think we have to, right? So as, as we think about how Agile's changed the industry, right? It used to be waterfall development, business came in with requirements, they handed off to a tech team and it got built. Now we're talking about agile development where the tech team, the business team, the operation teams are all together, working together. So think about that future problem now where who do I need at the table? I need people that are engineers. I need people that are liberal arts majors. I need everybody's diverse ideas coming together right, to come up with the best solution possible. So I think it's a world where, you know, maybe you're right, historically it was engineers building technology. In the future, I think it's going to be a blend. Of, of all backgrounds. And how do you apply this to, uh, you know, this whole concept of uh, problem finding, better questions, how do you apply this to uh, employees of yours who are kind of distributed in 150 plus countries? Do you power it with technology to bring them together in a unified way? Yeah, there, there's and a, a lot. And a, and a commonality of purpose, if I may. Yeah, no, spot on. I, I think it's a lot about collaboration. So we're making a lot of investment in how we collaborate as, as a team. You know, you have to have that, that diverse uh, team spread out across the globe. You have to understand how different cultures operate. You have to understand how the economy is working in one part of the world versus another. And you can learn from both sides, where it's successful and where it fails. And so I think our ability to collaborate and team and pull together has really made us stronger as a, as a company. You know, Steve, you, know, you and I discussed before, and I wanted to pick your brains on this. Uh, it's very fascinating that you run this uh, corporation which is spanning across 150 countries how do you federate what, what the local um, countries need and how do you centralize what the corporate wants them to do and kind of how do you bring the right balance between the two and every large institution is uh, kind of always intrigued by getting the right mix. Yeah, it's a struggle and I, I think we do a good job of it, but I'd certainly like to do a better job of it. And I think, you know, as you look across our, our peer groups in the industry, as well as even internal TY, I think that's a, a pretty common problem. So we do spend a lot of time to make sure that we've got people that represent technology in each of the countries that are talking you know, to, to our business-facing uh, folks and understanding what their problems are. And so it's not about trying to thwart uh, when the, the, the localities want to do something different. We want to understand why they think they need to. In some cases, it's, it's valid. It could be about data privacy. It could be about affordability. Could be legal reasons. What would be your role as a corporate uh, global CIO for a local country which wants to do things on their own? Uh, well, one, we need to seek to understand and understand why that gap exists. Because if the gap is valid and we can bring that back, maybe not to a global view, but to a regional view, we have an opportunity to scale it. But if we don't, we want to understand why so that when the next one comes along, we can quickly reuse it. Right. So I think there's going to be cases where, you know, I'll say it differently, one size never fits all. I think that's a pretty common knowledge. But I think for 80% of the, the, the things we do, one size does work well. There's another group of maybe 15, not 20, that, that has a legitimate reason to do something different. We want to understand what, that, what drives that need and work back to, to help them. And there's that last 5%, which are the tough ones, the true exceptions. But again, we want to make sure we're fostering that communication so that that 5% are vetted decisions. We understand why we did it. We understand how we'll do it next time. And if we can incorporate it back to regional and global, we will. But if it needs to stand alone as, as local, so be it. You know, one other thing, Steve, you know, every time I meet CIOs, um, one of the things which comes up is technology is so strategic now. Uh, it's worthwhile to revisit what is insourced and what is outsourced. And more and more CIOs across the world uh, are realizing that they probably have to insource more than outsource it. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your view on that is. Yeah, so two, two, two problem statements there, right? So the first one is, 
for things that are truly commoditized, I think you do have to outsource those, right? Someone has figured out a better way to do it. It's cheaper, it's faster. They're probably investing more in it. And so we want to leverage outsourcing models and probably maybe less saying outsourcing and maybe more managed service. When I think about managed service in that space. But you're right, there are some things that are differentiators. There are things that we know we're going to leverage internally that are going to be hard to do. But what has changed in the last few years that the outsourcing and sourcing mix has changed? Is it just because of the nature of technology? Or? No, I, I think it's twofold. I think one, uh, technology is changing so quickly, it's hard to keep up, right? So it's hard to figure out how do I go out and, and procure the next tool? What's the right tool to buy? Who's the right person to work with? And so I think we're a little bit hesitant to go too quickly now. And so maybe we're, we're moving more slowly uh, in terms of the sourcing side when the technology is moving quickly. But I think the flip side is, you know, we need to understand what that technology means to us. If it's something that truly is differentiating, you know, maybe we don't want to get that sourced away from us. Maybe we want to pull that a little closer, leverage it, exploit it, and do some things to productize it or, or sell it as a service on our own. And so I think there's a balance in there that says true commodity, yeah, that'll go the, the, you know, the way of outsourcing and managed services. But this new technology and some of the things that, that could be differentiated, we want to look at those more closely and understand them and better. And do you also take a view of uh, the strategic nature of technology to your business and take a view whether it is outsourced or insourced? Uh, absolutely, yeah. And I, and I think both, when I look at technology inward, how do we run EY, that's one view. But I also have to understand with my peer, Nicola, how we could look at that technology in an external view, right? right in terms of how we would go to market with that. Uh, one of the hottest topics for most global CXOs is about uh, refactoring human capital. And uh, actually some have gone to the extent of saying the only reason why they have not been able to scale digital is they have not been able to figure out how to refactor human capital. How are you going about uh, this mission of refactoring human capital? I'm sure that's a part of your charter as well. Yeah, it's near and dear. Uh, you know, I think first of all, if you step back to the last question on what you, how you want to manage sourcing, it becomes pretty important in a company that's all about people as to what do they do next. So if, if I say that a certain technology has become commodity and if we're going to buy it as a service, I need then to understand what do my people do next. And so we've worked pretty hard to build out some curriculums and continue to build those. But I think you've even seen it in the industry. Look at what Amazon just said they're going to do, right? They're going to take a you know, percentage of their workforce and retrain them in technology. And they said they want to spend like $700 million just re yeah. reskilling. And so I, I think all the companies are going to start taking a look at what's coming down the pipe. You know, where do you need the right skills? How do you retrain your existing workforce? How do you look to the new workforce that's coming in, the gig economy, and how does that fit in and play? How does outsourcing play into that as well? So all three of those. Um, so I think there's a, a piece of it that the, the enterprise needs to do. But I also would say there's a piece that the person needs to do, the individual, right? You have to manage your own destiny. And so I think it's really important to understand what's coming next and skill yourself and make sure that while you're doing your day job, you're understanding how that evolves into, you know, we used to say every 18 months, I'm not sure it, it, it takes that long anymore, right? It might be eight, right, or less. And so what's coming next, I think it's equally important for the individual to think about. Sure, let me squeeze in one large question for you. Sure. With the advent of AI automation, machine learning, Hyper-productivity is the next big thing, which is going to hit large institutions, large enterprises. And um, every CIO I meet, meet is talking about how do they embrace hyper-productivity in their enterprises. What's the call for action? What's the advice you have to your peers in this, uh, in this space? Yeah, so when we think about it, you know, automation, machine learning, AI, all the things that it's bringing in, I, I think a lot of people have been maybe more focused on the the efficiency side of that, right? And the so, technology is part of it. Right, and so how do I automate something, do it faster, do it cheaper? And, and I think that's important, but I really think it, it's taking it from the reactive you know, side of that to the proactive side of how do I actually take this to the next level and offer a better experience on top of it? 
And so we're really trying to step back and say, one, should it be automated? You know, that it, maybe the thing should be rewritten completely and rethought, right? But if it can be re-automated, or if it can be automated, then how do you really take that and, and provide not just a faster, cheaper experience, but a better experience? And I think that's the important thing. And every, you know, uh, meeting that I've been in of, of late, right, across the industry is all about, you know, this concept of experience is the new ROI. And I think they're right. And I think that's got to be the focus area. You know, the one other thing which uh, CIOs are grappling with is there's this myth that it is people versus the machine, but the reality is it is uh, people amplified by machines. There's no doubt, yeah. And how do you reskill and refactor people to this new reality? Is everybody is everybody is kind of you know trying to you know shift the focus to to amplifying people with machines? But you know, and I think it goes back to what we said a little bit earlier, which is you know that that liberal arts view versus the engineer view. And so engineers are going to be building the AI engines, and that's important. But I think that the rest of the workforce still understands the, the as-is view of the world, right? So how does the business work today? Where is the data? What are the rules that sit behind that? And if you understand that piece of it, even if you don't understand where the technology is headed, you're going to be part of that, that future state, right? And the agile work team, right, there's, there's a role for everyone there. And so, I, again, it depends which, which role that you want to play in that space. So I think there's an opportunity for everyone if they're ready for it, if they get out ahead of it, right, skill themselves and the enterprise helps them, I think we can, we can get our arms around it. Absolutely. And who takes the accountability for this? Uh, is it uh, the people themselves, or is it the institutions, or it's a, I think it's it a joint both. responsibility? Yeah. I mean, it, it's that age-old thing, you know, control your destiny or someone else will control it for you. And so I think there's that, that bit that the, the individual has to take on. But obviously the enterprise, right, you've got a workforce. They understand how you do things today, upskill them, help them, you know, help you do tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank for, thanks for talking to My us pleasure. Uh, yeah. and look forward to working with you uh, in some of the strategic technology transformation you are yourself uh, pursuing. Uh, and I'm sure EY is uh, going to set an example for others to, others to follow. Thank Excellent. you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, good to see you. Yeah.